You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays on filtered uh well it has been a while since uh we've been on the locked on rays podcast it seems like centuries now now it's really been sort of less than a week but uh good to uh collect and gather our thoughts after uh for what was for both of us a very lengthy thanksgiving ulysses i hope you enjoyed uh a secluded atmosphere where you are at I did. I, 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 it was awesome. It, I, it went too fast, man. Thanksgiving yes. goes by too fast is because you're, it's a blur of, of, of food in your face and, and drinks. So I uh, just can't wait for Christmas now. That's it. Likewise. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Just wish I could have squeezed a little bit more golf and tennis in, but again, yes, we have <laughs> uh, Christmas in a couple weeks, Christmas holiday and so on and so forth. Um, typically on Mondays, we do our weekend takeaways where we look back at, uh, some of the biggest and brightest stories in baseball and Tampa Bay Rays related, but because, uh, of the Thanksgiving holiday, we were only able to do one player review last week. Also Charlie Morton signing with the Atlanta Braves kind of messed up our schedule there, but that's neither here nor there. So today we're going to continue, try to get a head start on the week with our 2020 player reviews, because I mean, before we know it, it's going to be 2021 and our, the player reviews could be outdated. Right. We could have players released, traded, signed elsewhere, so on and so forth. So today we have two pitchers on the docket. That is one Josh Fleming and one Tyler Glass now going in alphabetical order. Ulysses, I will let you go ahead and give all the info on one Josh Fleming. So Joshua Fleming uh, had a five and zero record this year in thirty two and a third innings pitched. He had uh, twenty five strikeouts, twenty eight hits allowed, only seven walks, a two seventy eight ERA, a one point oh eight WHIP. Very nice, a four forty FIP, which you could get a little bit nervous about that. A very nice. 89.7 left on base up percentage. I love that. That's my new favorite stat. LOB percentage, 89.7. Uh, very nice. And according to fan graphs, he accumulated 0.3 war. He's got four pitches, but he mostly uses three. He's got uh, the sinker that he tries to work down and away from the lefties, kind of like his fastball, the slider away to right-handers, and then the changeup which always uh, hangs down low in the zone. It's kind of like his chase pitch, um, which I think when it makes contact, if it makes contact, uh, it gets an outstanding 63.5% uh, of, of ground balls. So 
that's that's pretty elite, uh, Kevin. A sixty-three point five percent. That actually led all pitchers in all of Major League Baseball who had more than thirty innings pitched. Uh, if you want to get down to brass tacks, though, all pitchers that had four hundred pitches or more thrown into in in twenty twenty, no other one in MLB had a higher pitch percentage resulting in a ground ball. So pretty elite what he can do to get to get that type of uh, of ground ball action now during the regular season he looked mostly okay there was a two outing blip in the middle with the marlins and the red sox where he didn't quite look as crisp however the postseason was a an entirely different animal for him he looked awful he looked unlike himself uh, it, the postseason treated him dirty because yeah. against Houston and LA, in only five and two thirds innings pitch, he allowed eight hits, two walks, and four runs. So not fantastic. Uh, again, better competition, yes. Better lineups than he had faced, probably. But and and brighter lights. But I think we have to come down a little and into the big picture and say this is a rookie pitcher who saw a lot of firsts. And unfortunately, yeah. he did not get the experience that so many other major leaguers who are able to do so enjoy, which is, you know, something as simple as getting your parents to go to the stadium and watch your debut or have a beer with them after the the debut or the time that you were in their city or whatever, you know, and have yeah. that kind of report as a family. Uh, he didn't have that. And uh, I think that that's a shame. A lot of rookies didn't get that, but overall I would like to see Fleming increase that uses of the, of the changeup because I looked it up. Hitters were completely full. They hit one Oh five of the changeup. And if he could lower the usage of the slider, which he's getting killed at, Hitters are hitting 360 off the slider. So if he puts down that slider component, raises that changeup usage, I think not only will you see a little bit more whiffs on the changeup, which is his his put-away pitch, but you would see even more ground balls, which to him, this is elite stuff. Yeah, that's huge. And I think the ground balls really showed because there were times where he's been able to get out of a bases loaded jam or runners at first and second, second and third, less than two outs and being able to get a ground ball and and a pretty routine ground ball, whether it's to a first baseman, shortstop, third baseman, whatever it is, he's shown to be very impressive at that. And you mentioned his repertoire as far as pitches the sinker slider change up I, I guess he's got that occasional fourth pitch but he commands all of them very well I don't know if any of them are truly elite the change up definitely makes an argument for a plus pitch so I, I could see where maybe uh, more usage there is huge but you you hit on something I think that is really important that we have to recognize that this guy I don't think there are many Rays fans out there that heard of the name Josh Fleming 14 months ago, 16 months ago. I mean, that 14 months right. ago, he was pitching in double A. And fast forward to now, he's pitching in the ALCS, the World Series. That's quite a jump. That, that's yeah. quite a jump for a 24-year-old rookie pitcher, not to mention a guy that played Division three baseball and has always been an unheralded prospect. He was never on the top 10. When we talk about the top 10 prospects, top 15, top 20 even – He's nowhere to be found or was nowhere to be found. In fact, he was 29. I looked it up. He was 29 yeah. before he made that debut. 
<laughs> yeah, that was MLB.com. And I think Fangraphs didn't even have him among their, I guess they do the top 56 for whatever reason, instead of top 60, top 50. I don't really understand it, but I don't even think he was among that group. So for him to be able to step in the way he did, and yes, he, he did struggle in the postseason, but um, there weren't many raised pitchers that didn't struggle at points right. during the postseason. So we have to keep that in mind. Now, looking forward, I think with Josh Fleming, I mean, the numbers are great. The ground ball percentage is great. He definitely, I think, is going to be a big leaguer uh, for years and years to come. It's just about what that role is going to be. Is he going to be a bulk guy? Is he going to be a long reliever? Is he mainly going to face lefties? Or is he going to work his way into the rotation? I mean, 2021, if there's an opportunity for Josh Fleming to take a spot to secure a number four, number five spot with the injuries of Chirinos, Beeks, McKay, and Morton uh, signing with Atlanta, and maybe Blake Snell being traded. I mean, this is as this is your time, your opportunity uh, to take that and run with it. If if that's something you're ready to do, a hundred percent. And you know what? I think he stepped up really huge uh, when yeah. when when Yanni goes down, and then. Didn't Charlie go down too around the same time? And Yarbs mm-hmm. went down for a couple of weeks too. I mean, you had Josh Fleming, this rookie, kind of uh, take the mantle, and he was giving you quality innings each time out. So he he not only filled in, but probably worked himself into a rotation job, yes. like you're saying, because now without Charlie, maybe the trading of Blake Snell, I mean, uh, who else do you have with some major league experience? I mean, Josh Fleming could have just worked himself into a 2021 starting job, maybe behind an opener, whatever it's worked with uh, Yarbrough. I, they didn't really do that with him except at the end of the postseason, which kind of just like we had talked about at the time, it seemed like a postseason request. Like, Hey, we're not going to use you guys to start in the postseason. We need to know, we get you comfortable coming in, in the middle of a game. Uh, Again, didn't really work, right. but that's, I think, the idea. I don't think the idea is for Josh Fleming to be go, to go behind an opener. I do think that they, they want to use him as a starter, and he has shown enough, I think, for, for, yeah. for, for the race to say, you know what, take the ball as their four, number four or number five starter. Yeah, and I think the big thing for him, and I, I think he his numbers actually showed in 2020 in the majors that he pitched well to righties, but that is something in the minor leagues that he has struggled with. I think I saw a number where uh, there was a point maybe 2019 in the minors where righties were basically hitting somewhere around 300 off of them. So, so that's something you're going to face a lot of righties yeah. in the majors and a lot of good righties in the American League. So that's something that's going to have to be looked out for just in general with Fleming, the thing that I really like about him besides uh, having command of his pitches is he really makes hitters earn everything they get. And he doesn't seem flustered or nervous in the moment. He just, he has that, that game face, that mentality, even if he gets hit hard at times, like he's, he definitely belongs, you know, he gives up a walk, gives up a hit or a home run. It's not like, oh, woe is me. I, I, I'm i totally out of my element here. He battles. He battles yeah. and grinds. And you've got to appreciate that for Josh Fleming. And um, on a joking note, I, I think we should crown him athletic Dwight Schrute because I keep thinking <laughs> Dwight Schrute when he has the glasses on and so forth. I don't know. Was Dwight Schrute a lefty? I, 
I, I, I guess he was probably ambidextrous or a lefty. He was, his quirky. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. But, ambidextrous um, sounds like a, like a Dwight Schrute kind of thing to, to be, you know? Yeah. You're right. So if, if somebody has a better name for, for Josh Fleming outside of like Flems or something like that, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, athletic Dwight Schrute for now, assuming he keeps the glasses, uh, the Oakley's going forward. So um, with that, everything in mind, uh, Ulysses, a grade for Josh Fleming. What are you giving this guy? Uh, I'm giving him a, a, a 90, an A minus. He he passed the course with an A. Um, yeah. Regardless of that minus, I think that's that's pretty big for for a rookie to do with, with all the new things that he had to kind of experience uh, the isolation and and all the craziness that was 2020 that, that we all had to deal with ball players also had to deal with a lot new stuff. And so good for him for, I mean, just if you go, uh, you know, with traditional stats, a five and O record, 32 innings pitch, 270, 80, all right, a 1.08 whip. And then you try to put the, the fact that he accumulated 0.3 war in basically a month. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did his job. When somebody, when, when people were, were hurt, he stepped up. Good job. A minus. I have it written down here. Great minds think alike. A minus as well for Josh Lemon. And I think what's good for him going forward is the fact that he does now have a little bit of a, a sample, a track record that he can go back and look at and analyze with the coaches. Okay, this is the difference between big leaguers and minor leaguers. If you make a mistake, they're going to capitalize on it and do some damage. So being able to mitigate that and, and making some improvements from there going forward is going to be critical for, for Fleming there. Okay, we'll move on to reviewing the play of Tyler Glass now. But first, we've got to tell you about the best, the greatest protein bar on the planet, and that is Built Bar. And they have a special Cyber Monday deal for you a uh, couple of new specialty flavors, white chocolate, cherry Sunday and white wow. chocolate, coconut deluxe. Get it now. Get it while it's hot. Uh, and both these new protein bar flavors have the exact same nutritional facts, which are uh, quite remarkable to say the least. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein and just four grams of sugar. And that's not enough. Built Bar is also giving away two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchased while supplies last. So you better get on the website and order some of those before they all uh, run out there. Uh, they are, they're, they're being sold like hotcakes over here. Um, and to do that, go to builtbar.com, uh, use promo code locked on, and that'll get you 25% off your order. Again, builtbar.com. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N for twenty five percent off. Again, you can try the new white chocolate cherry sundae, white chocolate coconut deluxe, and get free candy cane brownie flavors as well. All right, Ulysses. Uh, moving on to a name that was probably more familiar to Rays fans than Josh Fleming before the season started, Tyler Glass. Now also. A little bit different of a athletic build instead of a six-two uh, kind of. I don't want to say bulky, but beefier. Two hundred twenty pounds. Tyler Glass now is a very lithe six-foot-eight. Looks like a, an Olympic champion pitching right to your face. Uh, uh, he going looks like there. a javelin thrower. 
Doesn't he look like a like a guy that would be really good at throwing javelins? Javelin thrower, high jumper, long jumper, basketball player, tight yeah. end. Name any elite athlete, and I think Tyler Glass now fits the bill for that. <laughs> um, looking at his 2020 season, according to Baseball Reference, uh, they give him a .8 WAR. Fangraphs a 1.2 WAR, so a little bit of a difference there, but. His 2020 regular season numbers break down like this. He made 11 starts through 57 in a third innings pitched, went five and one, posted a 4.03 ERA, 1.134 whip, and had 91 strikeouts. He had a FIP of 3.66 and an ERA plus of 104. Now his postseason numbers were not so good with a 6-2-3 or 6-2-8 ERA in 28 and two-thirds innings pitch and a 1.5 whip. Um, some other notes here on Glass now on the peripheral. Uh, he had a whopping 14.28 strikeouts per nines innings pitched. One of the best, if not the best, in the big leagues. However, his walk rate and home run rates also increased his average exit velocity given up bumped up three miles per hour more barrels more hard hit balls also significantly more fly ball percentage uh, than his prior year uh, so with all of that said Ulysses how do you look at Glasnow's play in 2020 numbers aside well I mean the numbers don't quite help the enthusiasm that we had yeah. over Tyler Glass now before the season. If look, uh, we started these player reviews saying, Oh, we really shouldn't take the postseason into consideration. Uh, that was scratched halfway through yeah. the first episode of player reviews. So we have to take the whole season into account. And I don't want to say underwhelming, but close to disappointing really for yeah. Tyler Glass now. Cause I mean, we were dubbing this guy and a lot of race fans were, you know, the, the team Cy young, this is going to be the guy. And he was not that at all at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was ugly. I, I don't, you have the numbers in front of you of Tyler Glass. like what six plus ERA, six, eight, six, two, something like that. I mean, six, two, eight, no, no bueno. Th- those are uh, Pittsburgh pirates. Right. Like glass now numbers, not which, raised like glass now numbers. Uh, which obviously brings uh, the, the, that eternal question. Um, not was it was an actually a fleece because it'll always be a fleece. No matter right. if Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now and Shane Boz never do anything else in, in, in Major League Baseball history, that was a fleece. That's not what I'm referring to, though. I'm referring to Tyler Glass now specifically what's going on is is was it just a nice little two month with the race in, in 2018 at the end uh 2019 was tremendous mm-hmm. but again it was around the same amount uh innings pitched this whole year around right. there 60 innings or so he said he pitched 57 this year and he didn't look as good as that then the postseason exploded we need to know what's who is Tyler Glass now, and I think 2021 is going to be a, a, a show it year because he, unlike other guys, is uh, going to be arbitration hitting arbitration much quicker, and it's going to get more expensive by the minute for the race. Yeah, 
And it's something, you know, if there is, I guess the, the silver lining out of this, out of all of this is the fact that he was really the lone starting pitcher that the Rays allowed to go six, seven innings and consistently throw a hundred, 105, 110, 112 pitches at a clip. I mean, there weren't very many Rays starters that got the opportunity, especially in this weird 2020, um, you know, maybe part of it was, and I know he had a little bit of a slow start to start the 2020 season. And um, I mean, the postseason is a totally different story as well. You can't really make that excuse, but maybe getting right. out of his rhythm a little bit with his mechanics and not having that one-on-one in-person coaching from Kyle Snyder and others to look at, okay, no, you're, you're doing this wrong. This is a mechanical thing, whatever, so on and so forth. It's a lot different when a guy of his size is just going out to a park and throwing and saying, well, I feel good. I feel okay. Um, I'm, I'm ready to start the season. I think he's a guy that with so many moving parts and as big as he is, he needs those reps, especially in the spring, uh, spring training and maybe even several starts in the regular season to get things hammered down specifically. Um, you know, one thing I noticed, particularly in the postseason, was a lot of deep counts, a lot yeah. of a lot of two two, a lot of three two, especially against the Dodgers and where he really struggled. And I mean, the Dodgers can hit pretty much anybody, but you know, when it's three two like that, and Tyler Glass now basically a, a two pitch pitcher, you know he's coming with the fastball. You know, even if it's ninety eight ninety nine, you know he's coming with that. So you can sit on that and try to hammer it, which we saw guys like uh, Seager and Muncy and Betts and so on and so forth. The line goes, goes on down. So, you know, not, not having those, those nine pitch at bats and, and getting through hitters more quickly. And again, one well, thing I've noticed with glass now too, is just the fact that, you know, he gives up a home run or something and it's like the wheels come off. Then he, then he's like, okay, I'm, you know, my, my, my outing is done. I can't, I can't, salvage this in any way and I, I still think it's kind of the opposite of Fleming where he continues to grind Glasnow sometimes will get out of his rhythm there I agree with the second part for sure yes he does seem rattled when he gives up a home run you can just see the body language is there and and that's not good obviously you have to it's like when you're playing poker uh you, you yeah. gotta just keep that face blank and and keep going at it that's why we like Charlie Morton so much because he always looked kind of either a sweaty mess or a sweaty right. mess. That was it. That was yeah. Charlie. Uh, no matter what the score was, Glasson doesn't have that. So yes, I agree with that. The second part, the pit two pitch pitcher we've talked about is adding another pitch, the, the right thing. Um, maybe not what could help Tyler glass. Now is in that three, two count, you say, Oh, well not have so many long, uh, long at bats. You can fix that by having a little bit better command. The, yeah. the curveball cannot just be a ball most of the time out of the hand. These are really good hitters. They're going to recognize that that's a 55 footer. Sometimes they're going to swing at it. Of course they are, but most of the time they're not. So what I think instead of just playing with another cutter or a change up or whatever it is, slurf ball, whatever, dude, just try to get that elite curveball with that elite curve spin in the strike zone for, Mm. for, for a with that 55 footer uh, curveball in the dirt and they will swing at it, but you have to show that you're able to command that pitch in the zone on the bottom of the zone. And then now you have that top 99, 98 fastball on the top of the zone. Then you can work that curveball down in the zone for a strike and then fool them with the 55 footer. 
I think that's the issue. It's not, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't have many pitches or whatever. No, he just has to have better command of that curveball. Because I think that's what happens. He goes 0-2 or 1-1, and and then he, he tries to do a curveball that's perfect with a perfect spin, and then it ends up being, you know, 10 feet above uh, uh, in front of the, the, the catcher. That's not going to get it done. Right. So I think it's better command of the of the curveball that will lead to shorter counts and and thus better results. So if there's one thing you'd want Glass now to work on this offseason, would it just be don't even worry about the changeup. Just don't even practice that. Work on making that curveball a plus plus pitch where you can throw it in any single count instead of ah uh, you're only throwing the changeup 4 or 5% of the time. We really need let's let's see if we can use that 10 to 12% of the time and let's get more MPH separation between the fastball and changeup. You're saying, no, his, his fastball is good enough. The curveball, yep. if he's got command, it's good enough that he can get through hitters, professional big leaguers, three times through the order with that if he, if he knows when and where it's, it's going to go at all times. 100% because if he's able to have already be successful with those two pitches, the way that they are right now with that command and that curveball, which is not fantastic, and he has been able to go six deep, yeah. Touch the, the seven inning mark and and still be in the in the game, being a relevant pitcher on the mound, not just being out there because they don't want to use the bullpen, which was the case many times during the yeah. the, the playoffs with him. Uh, if he's able to to show that, and he has, imagine what he could do with with a little bit better command in that curveball. I, I I would say, don't worry about the changeup, don't worry about another pitch or a cutter, whatever it is. Focus on getting that curveball to just be. Uh, a strike whenever you need it to be. And that would, I mean, if, if he has that command, Kevin, mm-hmm. forget about, Oh, he touched seven innings. This guy would finish seven innings. Those yeah. are two elite pitches. So if he's able to do that for sure, he can become the pitcher that we thought he was going to be in 2020. Yeah. He could save a lot of pitches that way by, you know, not just bouncing balls. Like you said, 55 feet, or whatever, so on and so forth. And just the extension he gets too, I think, really could. You might not need a third pitch if you've got two elite ones. That's definitely something to think about and consider. You might run into some trouble against Dodgers lineups and some of those lineups like the Astros. But again, that's it's that's the big stage. You're gonna have a lot of a lot of pitchers that no matter how many different things they throw and how they throw them are, are going to struggle. A couple other things with with Glass now that I really want to watch, in addition to either whether it is shoring up that curveball or working on that third pitch, whatever it is, if it is a change, if it's a split finger, whatever it is, is, is he ready to throw 150, 175 innings if we have a regular 162 game regular season? Because I look at it this past year, yeah, you include the, the postseason, but that's still only 80, 90 innings. And you look back at 2019 – 16 regular season innings plus the, you know, and I don't know how many postseason innings he pitched 10, 12. I mean, that's, he hasn't, he's only pitched more than hundred innings once in his entire big league career. Can he, can he ramp up zero to 60? And will the Rays allow him to do that to make 30 starts and to go five, six, seven innings strong over the course of 162? I mean, he's supposed to be your, your ace uh, to some extent, and he's supposed to be your horse, but you also I don't know if you, you handle him with kid gloves as well. I mean, the, the, the way he prepares and his athleticism and his 
uh, his delivery. I mean, I don't think there's any mechanical issues to the extent of, I think repeating that delivery is tough for him because he's got so much, he's got, he's very lanky and and long limb, but the fact it's not a quirky delivery that's like, Oh, that's a Tommy John surgery waiting to happen. It's very how a pitching coach would teach it. I think so, but that's going to be a big thing. Are they ready to, can you increase your innings pitch 50 to 70% over the course of a couple months? Well, that's going to be huge. I think a hundred percent, but how do you get deep innings? How do you get into, uh, you know, the one seventies, the one eighties, look how we, we already know yeah. that 200 is just so elusive nowadays. How do you get to 150, 180? That's by not getting into deep counts, right? Because yeah. if you get to deep counts in the second inning, you're out by the fourth, you're out by the fifth. Uh, so I think it all comes hand, hand in hand. You fix right. that, you fix that, that curveball, you'll get deeper into games singularly, which will help you in the, in the macro picture at the end of the year to reach six, seven innings, uh, each time out there, boom, you, you get to your one sixty. but it's, I think a, a very big question mark on Tyler. Cause like you said, he's been in the league. I think now this is his fourth or uh, fourth year, um, yeah. cumulative, cumulatively. And, um, only once 100 innings um yeah. plus so that's definitely a a warning sign to watch out so really just being more efficient with his pitches and pitch counts so on and so forth and the other thing too is with the absence of morton and maybe who knows blake snell could be traded how does tyler glass now handle that in his mentality going forward can he take that leadership role in that next step as he would as funny as it is to say he'd sort of be the elder statesman in that uh, one of them, I guess you have Yarbrough too, but um, you know, can he be kind of the guy that, that leads the charge there with the the pitching staff and the team in general. So that that's going to be a question going forward as well. Okay. A grade for one Tyler glass. Now Ulysses, I'm very curious to uh, hear your answer on this. I think it it could be an interesting one. Uh, You know, uh, this, this one was a difficult one. I'm not going to lie because I think he did well enough to deserve an A uh, before the postseason. Um, But the post, uh, like you, Uh, like you like to say uh, in the post, Tyler did not post, but yeah. So that, uh, that has to take, that has to take some hit, man. You got to take the dent for, for your postseason uh, struggles. And if I would give him a 92, uh, before the postseason, I would now have to bump him down to an 87 B plus. Mm. I'm giving him a low B. I'm not going to give him a B minus, but I'm going to give him a low B because again, my expectations, he didn't necessarily really reach my expectations. Yeah. The strikeout rate and everything like that is good, but I had basically said that or, or presume that you're going to be a finalist or a candidate for the Cy Young and 403 ERA doesn't really show right. that. Um, and of course you add in what he did with the postseason. I think it was very underwhelming. And uh, this is a guy that we've talked a lot about. There's been a lot of ink spent on this guy and I don't think he really, um, he kind of went, by the wayside, there was so much more talk, especially in the postseason regarding Blake Snell and Charlie Morton that, you know, Tyler Glasnow was, I don't want to say left out the pasture, but it was like almost an afterthought. 
at times. So I'm not going to go all the way. I, I consider giving him a B minus, uh, but I'll just go with the, what's, what's the lowest B available? 84? 84. I guess 83. Okay. Somewhere around that range. Okay. So 84, 87. We, we merged those together. That's, you know, he gets an 86. Okay. 85.5. Not bad. Now, now we need an A plus uh, 2021 from Tyler Glass. Yes. Yes. Uh, Especially if this rotation continues to change and evolve and not necessarily in a good way either. All right. uh, Reminder, be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now I'll tell you your smart advice to play the most recent episode of Locked on MLB Prospects. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.